the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program is sponsored by Church of the Redeemer in Gatorsburg, Maryland. Welcome to Practical Living with Dale O'Shield, Senior Pastor of Church of the Redeemer in Maryland. We pray that through this message, you will learn how to apply God's Word and truth to your life. Stay with us as we discover God's truths that will transform us. So many times in life we find ourselves in a situation that is a devastating reality and it knocks us back and knocks the breath out of us and we wonder how we're going to respond to this situation. What words can we say when we've been devastated? What words can we say when life is really, really hard? Not just a problem you're facing, but something that again really hits you at the core of your being. Something that represents just a hopeless environment that you find yourself in. There's a prophet in the Old Testament by the name of Ezekiel who found himself in one of those situations. Let me read for you Ezekiel chapter 37. We'll be reading from verses 1 through 10. Notice what the scripture says. The hand of the Lord, Ezekiel says, was on me. And he brought me out by the Spirit of the Lord and set me in the middle of a valley. It was full of bones. He led me back and forth among them, that is among the bones. And I saw a great many bones on the floor of the valley, bones that were very dry. He asked me, son of man, can these bones live? I said, Sovereign Lord, you alone know. Then he said to me, Prophesy, speak life, declare God's word. Prophesy to these bones and say to them, Dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. This is what the Sovereign Lord says to these bones. I will make breath enter you and you will come to life. I will attach tendons to you and make flesh come upon you and cover you with skin. I will put breath in you and you will come to life. Then you will know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied. As I spoke God's word, I declared God's word, I spoke life, I prophesied as I was commanded, and as I was prophesying, there was a noise, a rattling sound, and the bones came together, bone to bone. I looked, and tendons and flesh appeared on them, and skin covered them, but there was no breath in them. Then he said to me, prophesy to the breath or to the wind, speak life, speak God's word to the breath or to the wind, prophesy son of man and say to it, this is what the sovereign Lord says, come breath from the four winds and breathe into these slain that they may live. So I prophesied, I spoke God's word as he commanded me and breath entered them. They came to life and stood up on their feet, a vast army. What a miracle story this is. To understand this passage of scripture, I need to give you a little bit of history. I want you to understand just for a moment the setting in which Ezekiel makes this declaration or shares with us this particular prophecy. You need a little bit of history so you'll get a sense of that context. Let me walk you through the history of Israel a bit and, and Ezekiel's setting when he gives us these words. During the time of Bible history, both the Old and New Testament, there are six kingdoms that surround Israel. 
starting with the Egyptian kingdom. And of course, the Hebrews were slaves to the Egyptians until God set them free through Moses. And so there was the Egyptian kingdom. And then following the Egyptian kingdom, there rose on the world scene the Assyrian kingdom. And the Assyrian kingdom was a very powerful kingdom. And then following the Assyrian kingdom was the Babylonian kingdom. And then following the Babylonian kingdom was the Persian kingdom. And then the Persian kingdom was followed by the Greeks. You know them as Alexander the Great, where they conquered the world. And then following that would have been the Romans. And so all of these different world powers are surrounding God's people in the time of Old and New Testament. Israel is developing its own kingdom during this time. It starts with their very first king by the name of Saul, and Saul reigns for 40 years, and then, of course, he is tragically, he tragically dies, and then David takes over the scene. He's now the king of Israel. He serves for 40 years as well, and then he turns the kingdom over to his son Solomon, and Solomon becomes the third king of Israel. Solomon reigns for 40 years as well, and then he comes to his time of death, and he appoints his son Rehoboam to become the king of Israel. But when Rehoboam came to the scene... They began to ask him how he was going to rule, and he said something to this effect. He said, you know, you thought my dad was tough. I'm going to be much tougher than my dad was. We're going to raise taxes. We're going to make, everything's going to be worse than you could have ever imagined. So it raised a rebellion among the people of Israel, and a, a man who had been a part of Solomon's administration by, by the name of Jeroboam rose up and contended with Rehoboam, and the kingdom of Israel was split. So what had been a united kingdom for three kings now was split apart, There were 10 tribes that went to the north. They're called the northern tribe or the northern kingdom. What we see in Scripture oftentimes referred to as as Israel. And then the southern two kingdoms, Judah and Benjamin, called the southern kingdom or Judah. And so it was a split time. No longer a united kingdom. When Jeroboam rebelled against Rehoboam and went to the north and took the 10 tribes with him, he was concerned that these people of the north would travel back down to Jerusalem where the temple was, and they would worship there, and then Rehoboam would be able to reclaim loyalty to them. And so he decided that he would establish two places of worship in the north, places of idolatry. And so he established a place of worship in a place called Dan and also in a place called Bethel. Ultimately, God said, I've had enough. I've sent all the prophets. You don't listen to me. And so you're going to be dispersed among the nations. And the Assyrians came in during the Assyrian reign and took all of the ten tribes and dispersed them and they were no more. So the ten tribes were gone. The southern kingdom continued for about another 125 years until they also remained in idolatry as the northern kingdom had and finally God said you're going to be judged as well and God allowed a king by the name of Nebuchadnezzar to come in and he was the king of Babylon and he took off at least initially. He took about 10,000 of the people of Jerusalem with him up into Babylon and exiled them. And and Ezekiel was one of those. He was one of those that were exiled out of the southern kingdom and taken to Babylon. And about 11 years later, Nebuchadnezzar, Nebuchadnezzar came back down into Jerusalem and completely destroyed the entire city and tore up the temple, burned it down, and made it a ruin. And so what is happening now when Ezekiel is up in Babylon, he's looking back on Israel and the southern kingdom Judah And the nation is no more. It does not exist. There's no hope that Israel will ever be a nation again because all the people of Israel are scattered all places around the world by the Assyrians and the Babylonians. And so in the midst of this grief, think about this for a moment. He loved his nation. And he's grieving over the fact that this nation now has been destroyed. It's never going to be again. There's no hope that this nation will ever be able to come back. And God gives him a vision. And the vision, he sees a valley filled up with dry bones everywhere. 
bones randomly placed. They're not connected. It's not skeletons. It's just bones all over the place, and they're dry bones, very dry bones, the Bible says, because they've laid out in the Middle Eastern sun, and they've been baked. If you've ever been in the Middle East, you know how hot that sun is in the desert. So they've been baked down by the the sun and by the wind, and they're parched, and they're spread out all over the place, and he's looking at all these bones, and he's feeling the grief because he's identifying these bones with his nation. These bones represent to him Israel, the 12 tribes of Israel, and how they've been scattered, and there will never, ever be a nation again because they've now experienced idolatry and turned away from God, and it has destroyed them. There's no hope for their future, no hope that there will ever be a nation again. He's looking in this valley of dry bones, and God says, "Uh, Ezekiel, can can these bones live? He responds and says, God, only you know, and of course, we know the stories we saw a moment ago as Ezekiel is told to begin to speak life and prophesy to these bones. What happened was a miracle, and God took those bones in that vision and brought them back together and put tendons and flesh on them and brought wind and life into them, and that which was dead came to life again. And today, we know that nation to be the nation of Israel that exists today because God took a valley of dry bones and brought it back to life again. Amen? Okay. Are you hearing me? Okay. He fulfilled exactly what he said. Now, that's the historical context. Everybody got the history? What does this have to do with us? I mean, it's, it's a prophecy about Israel being dispersed and seemingly dead and God promising to bring it back to life. But what in the world does it have to do with us? It has a lot to do with us. And today I'm going to talk to you about two things that this, this vision has to do with your life. Two practical applications for all of us here today. And the first lesson from this today is a very simple lesson, but something you and I need to recognize, and that is, in this life, we are going to experience death. You might say, well, why do we need to know that? Well, I want to bring this to your awareness today, that when you're living in this life, as you go through the journey of life, you're going to have some deaths along the journey. In the practical sense, we know that people that we love sometimes pass away. It might be a a father, a mother, a grandfather, a grandmother. It might be a friend. It might be a husband or a wife. It might be a a, a neighbor that you have that you had a good relationship with. But we go through the experience of life of losing people along the way. You can't live for any length of time without having to learn how to deal with death because death happens. We all experience it. We go to funerals, memorial services. We know what that feels like. So in life, we have to learn something about death. But death goes beyond that. There are other kinds of deaths that we experience. The first kind of death, apart from physical death, is spiritual death in your life. If you don't have a relationship with God, you're spiritually dead. You may not even recognize it, but but without a relationship with God, you have no spiritual life within you. And so while you might be breathing, you still don't have a live spirit within you. There's death on the inside. We'll come back to that in a moment. Let's talk first and foremost about your dead relationship with God, potentially. The Apostle Paul writes about this in Ephesians chapter 2. I want you to listen to his words as he he describes this dead relationship with God. Ephesians chapter 2, beginning in verse number 1. He says, as for you, talking about those that don't know Christ, as for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins. You were dead in your transgressions and sins in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world and of the rulers of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. All of us who lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our flesh and following its desires and thoughts, like the rest, we were by nature deserving of wrath. 
Romans 5.12 says, Therefore, just as sin entered the world through one man and death through sin, in this way death came to all people because all have sinned. The worst kind of death that you can have in your life is spiritual death, to have no living relationship with God. What I want you to think about with me for a moment is where are the dead places in your life? Because in life we do experience death. But the second lesson that I want to give you today is this, and it's where I want to spend most of my time. Once we acknowledge the dead places in our life, God calls us to change our focus from death to life. Because no one wants to stare at death all the time. Here's Ezekiel looking at all these dry bones. And he's grieving over the fact that that he's looking at death. No hope this nation will ever be a nation again. They're scattered everywhere. No one even knows how to bring them all back together again. Because they're scattered in so many different places. And God asked Ezekiel a question that he's asking you today. And the question was this. Ezekiel... Can these bones live? Can this thing that you see, this death that you're looking at, is it possible that it could come back to life again? God asked Ezekiel, can these bones live? Is it possible that that which you're looking at that is dead, is it possible that it could come back to life again? As you look at your relationship with God, maybe you think it's dead. Can it come back to life again? Maybe you're looking at a marriage that is dead. Can it come back to life again? Maybe you're looking at a friendship that has died. Can it come back to life again? Maybe you're looking at an opportunity that has passed your way and it seems dead to you. Can it come back to life again? Maybe there's a dream or a hope that you had in your life and it seems dead right now. God asks you, can it come back again? Can it come to life again? Can it happen? What was happening in this story was that God was prompting Ezekiel with the possibility that death was not the end of the story. That although there was a chapter that ended with death, it was not the last chapter of the book. And Ezekiel's response was, notice what he says in verse number three. Oh, sovereign Lord, only you know. Sovereign Lord, only you know if these bones can live. Again, interesting statement. Why did he say, oh, sovereign Lord, only you know? Let's break those words apart for a moment. Sovereign in the Hebrew language is a word that means a position of supreme power and authority. God, you're the supreme power and authority and You are Lord. That word is Jehovah or Yahweh. You are the I am that I am. You're the same God that spoke to Moses at the burning bush when he was about to speak to his people and tell them that God wanted to set them free from Egypt. And he asked, who will will I tell them sent me? And God says, tell them the I am that I am sent you. It's the same I am that Jesus spoke seven times when he said things like this. I am the bread of life. I am the good shepherd. I am the door. I am the way, the truth, and the life. I am the resurrection and the life. Jesus declared that there is an I am with God, the everlasting I am, okay? So here is Ezekiel. He hears these words. He's looking at what seems to be dead, and God breaks into his grief. He breaks into his circumstance and says, hey, Ezekiel, can those bones live? Ezekiel responded by saying, God, oh, sovereign Lord, only you know. You're sovereign. You're the God of a supreme authority and supreme power, and you're the I am that I am. You and only you know. And indeed, of course, we see the story of how those bones came back to life again. But what's the lesson for us? I'm going to give you four things I want you to take home with you today as a part of this second point. Number one, when you acknowledge your spiritual deadness, God wants you to know the possibility of spiritual life. 
And the Holy Spirit comes to live inside of you and your life has changed from the inside out. There's some of you sitting here today that years ago, five years ago, two years ago, six months ago, you would have never dreamed of being in church on a Sunday. But one day, the Holy Spirit started revealing to you your spiritual deadness. You came to the place of realizing you needed God in your life and you opened your heart to Jesus Christ and confessed Him as Lord and Savior and you went from death to life. You're alive like you've never been before. Are you perfect? No, you're not perfect yet, but you have life inside of you. The life of God now lives in you. You were dead, but now you're alive. The second thing that I want you to learn today application for us is that when you consider your own physical death, God wants you to think about the possibility of eternal life. Look at these words. Romans 6, 23, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. 1 John 5, 13, I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God so that you may know that you have eternal life. Let's talk about this just for a moment. One thing every person here has in common, you're going to die. There's an appointment unless Jesus comes back. Before that happens, we all are going to die. The Bible says it's appointed unto man once to die, and after that, the judgment. So you have an appointment that you are going to keep. And none of us know when it will happen. Important to realize, you don't know when you're going to die. I've done funerals over the years for very young people and very old people and every age in between. And so there's no guarantee just because you're young that you're going to live for a long, long time. You don't know how long you're going to live on earth. But the reality is you need to be ready. You need to be ready at any time because you don't know when your life is going to be taken. And what you must also recognize is that this life is extremely short compared with eternity. You know what eternity is? It's forever and ever and ever and ever, and you just continue the evers. And so when you move from this life to the next life, and there is a next life, when you move from this life to the next life, there are only two possibilities of where you're going to spend eternity. The Bible doesn't give you lots of different options. The Bible says there are two places that are reserved for, for those that come from this life to the next life. One is in the presence of God, and one is absent of the presence of God, and that place is called hell. The other place is called heaven. And we have to be prepared for that moment. And what I want to be sure of is I want to be sure that when I breathe my last breath that I am prepared for the fact that in the face of physical death, I know that I still have life. When I stare at that, that valley of dry bones and I see it's, it's physical death for me, I want to know that that's not the end of the story, that when I leave this life, I know where I'm going. I have confidence where I'm going to move forward into in the next life. And Jesus wants you to experience that as well. That's why, again, going back to 1 John chapter 5, notice again what John said. I want you to hear these words. John says, I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God. How many of you in this room today and in Frederick campus, do you believe in the name of the Son of God? Raise your hand and declare, I believe in the name of the Son of God. So you qualify here for this passage. I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God so that you may hope. Is that what it says? No, so that you may know that you have eternal life. It's not a matter of hope. You need to know it. So we come to this valley of dry bones called physical death, and we have the promise as a believer in Christ that we also have eternal life. Let's go to the third point today. Third thing is when you look at a loved one who has physically died in Christ, God wants you to consider that's not the end. There's a great reunion day coming. Notice what Jesus said in John chapter 14, verses 1 through 4 as he's preparing his disciples for his death and ultimate ascension back to the right hand of God the Father. He says, do not let your hearts be troubled. 
You believe in God, believe also in me. My Father's house has many rooms. He's talking about heaven. If that were not so, I would have told you that I'm going there to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me so that you also may, may be where I am. You know the place where I'm going. Jesus said, you have the assurance, the awareness that I'm preparing a place in eternity for you. Dear ones, please be aware today that if you had people that you know and love and they passed on from this life to the next life and they had a relationship with Jesus, you will see them again one day. Paul writes about this in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, beginning in verse 13. And now, dear brothers and sisters, he's talking to us. We want you to know, we want you to know this. We want you to know what will happen to the believers who have died so you will not grieve like people who have no hope. So we have grief, but we don't grieve without a, a hope. For since we believe that Jesus died and was raised to life again, we also believe that when Jesus returns, God will bring back with him the believers who have died. We tell you this directly from the Lord. We who are still living when the Lord returns will not meet him ahead of those who have died. For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a commanding shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with a trumpet call of God. First, the Christians who have died will rise from their graves. That's going to be an interesting day, will it not? Then together with them, we who are still alive and remain on the earth will be caught up in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. Let's call the rapture, okay? Then we will be with the Lord forever. Notice verse 18. So encourage each other with these words. Remember that in the face of death, the death of your loved ones, if they know Christ, you have the confident assurance of a reunion with them one day. And the last thing I'd like to share with you today, when you look at anything in your life, that has death written on it, anything that sin or Satan has killed or destroyed, remember God wants you to consider the possibility of his life-giving power invading it. Isn't that good? What's the dead stuff in your life? What's your valley of dry bones? I don't know what it is. We all have different valleys of dry bones. Jesus comes to transform things from death to life. In John chapter 10, verse 10, notice what Jesus speaks of here of his promise to us. The thief, that's the devil, comes only to steal and, steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have and have it to the full. Notice this. He says there's a, there's a devil, there's a thief. And the thief comes along to steal and kill and destroy. But I showed up on the scene. I came from heaven to earth. I was sent by the Father into your life to do something for you. I came so you can have life and have it to the full, have it more abundantly. Satan loves to steal, and Satan loves to kill, and Satan loves to destroy. Let's take a look at that. When Jesus said, I've come that you might have, have life, what did he mean? He meant this, I believe, that anything the devil has stolen from you, Jesus can restore to you. Let me skip over to the destroy part. Anything that the devil has destroyed in your life, Jesus can rebuild. So what the enemy has stolen, Jesus can restore. What the enemy has destroyed, Jesus can rebuild. And what the enemy has killed, Jesus can resurrect. Okay. This is important to grasp. 
Why? Because I believe today we're talking about speaking life. So often we speak death to things. Oh, that's never going to work out. I'm never going to experience this. We use words like this. It'll never, it'll never materialize in my life. Oh, that's past. I never have any hope for that again. We use words like this, and Jesus wants us to, wants us to turn the, the corner and say, you know what, that might be dead, but dead is not the end of the story. What, what might be dead now? Yes, there was a valley of dry bones, but Ezekiel stepped in and began to speak life to the dry bones and that which was dead came back to life again and so my question for you today is what's dead in your life what is what is d-e-a-d been written over in your life what's dead there and to remember that jesus comes today and he whispers into your heart and he reminds you can these bones live again would you consider the possibility that what seems dead that's not the end of the story Perhaps as you have been listening to today's broadcast, you felt a stirring in your heart, something that reminded you that you need to get something right in your life with God. The first way to start in that journey with God is to open your heart to Jesus Christ, to make Him the Lord of your life, to turn over all your life to Him. And that begins with a very simple prayer. I want to lead you in that prayer right now, and it's a prayer that you can pray right where you are. Say these words, Jesus I invite you into my life today to forgive me of all my sins. I need you. I want you. I want you to take charge of my life. Be my Lord and Savior in Jesus' name. Now, if you just prayed that prayer with me, I want to encourage you with a promise from God's Word that says, when we call on God's name, when we call on the name of His Son, Jesus, there is salvation that is brought to our lives. He changes us from the inside out. And the Bible says that if any person is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things pass away. Behold, all things become new. And that's what's happened to you today as you've opened your heart to Christ. Let me encourage you. You need to take the next step. The next step is to make sure that you get into a good Bible-believing church where you're studying God's Word. And make sure you get a copy of God's Word and begin to read it. Spend some time each day in prayer. You've been listening to the teaching ministry of Practical Living with Dale O'Shield, Senior Pastor of Church of the Redeemer in Maryland. If you would like more information, please visit our website at church-redeemer.org. May God bless you and make you a blessing. Hey, Pastor Dale O'Shills here. just want to take a moment and invite you to our upcoming United Pastors Network Conference. It happens May the 20th through the 22nd in Gaithersburg, Maryland. We would love to have you. We've got some great speakers coming in. Charles Neiman from El Paso, Texas. We've got Joe Champion from Austin, Texas. We have Herbert Cooper from Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. We've got Lane Srantz from Birmingham, Alabama. Pastor Robert Berger from Lima, Peru. It's going to be a fantastic time. It's not just the speakers. It really is the relationships that are built. It's always a wonderful, wonderful time. If you'd like more information, go to our website at unitedpastorsnetwork.com all one word unitedpastorsnetwork.com all the registration information is there for you we look forward to seeing you at our conference every abortion includes at least three-star general michael j flynn head of the pentagon intelligence agency knew all the government's dirty secrets he was one of the most respected generals in the military flynn knew what the intel world had been up to he understood its funding he ordered the first audit of the use of contractors this set off alarm bells the explosive new documentary flynn 
deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.